Hello, brotherhood. This is so good. This is so good. If you, uh, is there anybody who doesn't attend church on the move? Raise your hand. Glory to God. Let's clap for them. This is what brotherhood is about. You, you don't have to uh, attend to belong. This is something beautiful. So um, here, let's start off with prayer. Father God, we thank you for this opportunity to come together, to lock arms together, to sharpen iron with one another. Father God, we put this into your hands because Jesus, when we put it in your hands, it gets better. You always multiply. You always multiply what we offer up to you. So we give this time to you. We ask that you uh, remove all fears. We ask that you uh, get rid of all of these thoughts telling us uh, about, uh, about our business, about our home, about our family, and replace those things with your goodness. Replace those things with full trust in you so that we keep everything in your hands. We cast all of our cares upon you. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody say amen. All right, so as, uh, as Johnny said, I was going to say as Pastor Johnny said, um, just got elevated. So um, I grew up in Detroit, Michigan, and a uh, single mom, and I thought that my thing was, was going to be a rapper. So one of the things that I, that I did that I enjoyed doing was people would throw me words and I would try to rhyme them. So I'm almost, uh, I'm pushing on 50 years old, but I, I feel like I still got it a little bit. You all want to try that? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Orange. I, the Eminem thing, that's funny. Well, okay, throw me a word again. Okay. Okay, okay. So, um... Unicorn, the word is kind of foreign. When I'm on the microphone, I hope not to be boring. Somebody give me more words so that I can rhyme. Maybe I can put them together in quick enough time. Some, you say what? Brotherhood. Why? Because my brothers are good and brothers should get together at all the time. And this is all the time that I am going to rhyme because I got to give what God tells me from my mind. All right. Amen. <clears throat> So the, the journey from rapper to reverend is amazing, but as we know, things change. I mean, just this year, we, we tell that things change uh, quickly. Uh, this has been a very tumultuous year, uh, and it's, uh, it's just crazy. It's just crazy. I mean, as far as business, as far as family, as far as home, things have, have, have just been on this roller coaster. It feels like... Um, there are so many competing agendas and uh, opinions that are going on. Uh, Pastor Whit and I, we talked about it this weekend, it, last weekend. It feels like it's, it's just these, you have to choose sides. Uh, I, sometimes I have to turn off social media. Anybody feel like, feel like that? Yeah, I, I was uh, talking about it. I saw this thing on, on Facebook and somebody said, hey, people, uh, pineapple and pepperoni pizza is really great. People just don't like it because the internet tells them to. And I felt like I, I need to create an argument for this. Like there's, you know, I need to talk about this. But it's just silly things that we feel like we, we have to choose sides. And here's, here's the most detrimental thing about it. The capital C church, in all of this, Jesus' voice is being drowned out. 
there was a, a Barner study that was done recently. And what it says was that only 10% of 20-somethings have what they call resilient faith. What it's talking about is that they know Jesus, that they believe Jesus, they go to church, they volunteer. Only 10% we're losing influence. And that's a big deal because us as men, we're called to lead. And, and the question then comes, what, what has changed, right? Because if you look at the news, it makes it seem like things are impossible, right? If you look at social media, it makes you feel like things are impossible. If you, if you even talk to some other Christians, it'll make you feel like things are impossible. But here's the question. Is Jesus still alive? Yeah, yeah, amen. Uh, is he still the all-powerful king? Yeah. Uh, does he still care? So the problem's not on his side. The problem has to be on our side. Jesus said this, John 17, verse 20. He said, I'm praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they will all be one. Somebody say one. Just as you and I are one. Somebody say one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you, and that they may be in us so the world will believe you sent me. So he told us what, and then he told us why. He told us what to do, that we are to be one. We are to be unified. We are to be united. And then he told us why. So that the world will believe that he was sent, that God sent him. He goes on. He said, I have given them, talking about us, the glory that you gave me. He said, so that they may be one. Somebody say one. As we are one. And I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know, once again, that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. So until we are unified as a church, then the world cannot know that God sent Jesus. So our actions, what we're doing, things like what we're doing to get today, being brothers, getting together, unifying, this gives credibility in the world's eyes to who Jesus is. And that's a good thing. That's something that we can control. So this brings me to uh, what I call the we rule. I believe God gave me this uh, some years back. And simply, it goes, when we are one with God first, then others, we rule as we should with our sisters and brothers. When we are one with God first, then others, we rule as we should with our sisters and brothers. So I found that there are three ways that we can ensure that we are one with God and one with one another. The first one is to mimic or to imitate. Now, as we know, who you imitate and how you imitate is, is a big deal. It could either be really good or really bad. I grew up a single mom, Detroit, Michigan. I had a cousin who was one year older than myself, and he's the guy that I wanted to be like. He was taller, he was faster, and he was a tough guy. Always got into fights, super tough guy. So I felt like the more that I'm like him, the, the, the better. Seventh grade... I'm walking out of the door, uh, this big guy, he, he had like a six pack in seventh grade. Why do you need that? Who knows? Anyway, so I bumped into the guy and he said, hey, you say, excuse me. And I said to him, because I want to be a tough guy like my cousin. I want to mimic my cousin. I said, hey, you say, excuse me, because girls were looking. 
You can tell it's already going bad. So he says, okay, I'm going to beat you up after school. That's how fast it escalated. Detroit was a rough town. Anyway, so we're in school. My buddy Darius, he comes up to me. I can say his name because he's not here and because what he did is wrong. Once you hear the story, you'll get it. So um, he comes up to me. He said, hey, Sean, look, I heard that uh, D'Angelo is going to beat you up. He said, if, if I see it, uh, he said, I'm jumping in it. I'm jumping in it. And the whole time I'm thinking like, but you can't fight. Like the only thing worse than getting beat up in front of your peers is getting beat up with your buddy in front of your peers. I did not want that to happen. So I told him, I said, no, no, no. Here, here's the plan. Don't jump in. If you see him getting the best of me, just break it up. He said, no, no, no. I have to jump. No, 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 no. Look, if you see him getting the best of me, just break it up. So we get to the end of school. We're walking home. And the, 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 the fight starts, you know, the, the first little introductory punch. If some of you all been in the fight, it's, it's, it's weird. But anyway, so I look to my buddy. I'm taking off my coat. I give him my books and, uh, and my coat. I said, look, I go over the plan again. Don't jump in. If you see him getting the best of me, just break it up. So we're, we're going at it. Well, the, the guy's hitting me and I'm swinging. So anyway. We're in church, you know what I mean? Yeah, so the, the first thing, I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm swinging, he's tall and he's fast, and I'm thinking, okay, what, what can I do? Well, the night before, I was playing Super Nintendo. Anybody ever had a, the original Nintendo, like Super Mario Brothers Nintendo? Do you remember a game called Double Dragon? In Double Dragon, you're, you're going against... Uh, all of these different fighters, they have knives, they have chains. What you do is you grab them by the shoulders, you knee them, and then they disappear. Like you knee them three times, and they disappear. And this came to my head. This is the moment. It was like a Danielson Karate Kid moment in my mind that if I knee this guy about three times, something miraculous is going to happen. So I didn't account for the height difference. This is where it gets weird. So I grabbed his shoulders, his T-shirt, and I start going for the knee. And I'm hitting nothing. It's all air. People are looking. In fact, the guy felt bad for me. He said, he whispered, he said, what are you doing? So I'm still trying to knee, and nothing happened. Finally, he hit me one more time. I think he felt bad. But during, while I'm giving him the knee, I'm realizing I'm not going to win this. So I look back to my buddy. I'm looking to give him the signal. This is what we talked about. My buddy was two blocks down the street, whistling, gone. So don't mimic everybody. This is what Paul says. Paul says in Ephesians chapter five, he says, therefore be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave up himself a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So be imitators of God. The first thing we do is we mimic, we imitate God. We get to know Jesus. The challenge is not information, but intimacy. And true knowing comes with intention and time. The, the my real Jesus moment um, came after, actually, I had a Jesus moment when I was about 18. But it was several years into ministry and I just started going through the Gospels over and over again. And in that moment, 
I have what Pastor Witt talks about is a real Jesus moment where I realized, wait a minute, there's some things that Jesus and I see different on. And where Jesus and I disagree, I'm wrong. So I had to line up my life, realign my life, the life that I thought was pretty swell. I had to realign my life with Jesus. And in that moment, I began to love Jesus more and more and more. How many know we all need a real Jesus moment? So the more we know about Jesus, we get to see how does Jesus think? How does he see? How does he act? And now I'm I'm, going to throw you a 30-day challenge. So for the next 30 days, somebody say, I'm in. Okay, I'm recruiting you before you even, okay. I got a deal that, you know, if you want to make $10,000, no, I'm just joking. So for the next 30 days, we're going to do these three things. We're going to mimic, we're going to model, we're going to mentor. So starting with mimic, be like Jesus. So all the time we're trying to see how does Jesus see, how does he think, how does he act. The second one is model. There's a thought that I had growing up that I could never be like Jesus. Jesus is perfect. There's no being like Jesus. But here, here's the reality of it. The, the more we know Jesus, he just starts to, to rub off on us. The more that we, we know Jesus, the more he starts to rub off on us. So we are to act like Jesus. So the mimic is like our private life. We get to know Jesus. But then the, the model is our public life. We, people need to know that we're like Jesus. I remember this uh, story this guy told. He said... Uh, his son came to him and he wanted to buy, get him a car. And the son said, hey, dad, I, I want you to buy me a car. He said, I'm not buying you a car. He said, why? He said, you need to cut your hair, man. Your hair, your hair is too long. I don't, I, you know, I don't like it, you, you know, straighten up. He said, no, no, look, dad, look, my hair has nothing to do with the car. He said, look, cut your, get a haircut and I'll get you a car. So the son thought and he knew his, guy, uh, he knew his dad was a, a strong Christian. And he said, hey, 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 dad, Jesus had long hair. And his dad thought about it. He said, yeah, you're going to walk like Jesus. You know, you better cut your hair. So the, the, the goal is to be like Jesus. Here, here's the thing. Uh, James chapter one, verse 22 says, don't just hear. I'm, I'm paraphrasing it. Don't just hear or know the right things to do. Do them. So as the more we live out, what does that look like? It looks like brotherhood, right? Jesus always, always put himself in environments where he was vastly different than the people around him. I mean, Jesus was vastly different than everybody around him, right? He could have said, hey, who's walked on water? Nobody can't hang around me, right? You healed the sick, raised the dead, okay. Yeah, we're in a a different group. But he always, in fact, it said that he he met with and he was known to hang out with, uh, one one version says, reputable sinners. Like they didn't just sin, they were known for sinning. And, And he received a ton of criticism for it. Why? Because he saw the value in them. Jesus didn't have problems with, with the people who were considered reputable sinners or the criminals or those things. He only had problems with the church people, if we be honest, right? Because I think when you, when you don't realize, if you don't think you're sick, then why would you listen to a doctor? It's those who knew, hey, I got stuff going on and I'm honest about it, that Jesus was able to reach. 
And those are the people that we need to engage with. We, we need to get out of our comfort zone uh, and, and engage with people who, who maybe we don't feel like we have much in common with. If we look at the story of Jesus and the Samaritan woman, it said that everyone was surprised that Jesus was even talking to her. She was surprised. In fact, she told him, she said, you're not supposed to be talking with me. You're a Jew and Jews hate Samaritans. I'm paraphrasing. But through that conversation, she was, he saw something in her and he spoke something into her. And look, we, we get that. That's what God did for us. That's what God did for us. A lot of us in here, you didn't live a perfect life, right? You did a whole bunch of stuff that you don't want to see on the screen in front of us. Just like me. But God saw us and he saw something in us. And he, he spoke purpose into our lives. And that's what Jesus did. And let me tell you something. When we do that for other people, it makes a difference. It makes a difference that lasts far beyond our lifetime. And that's what God wants us to do. So the second thing is model Jesus. And here's a, here's a good question for that. What am I doing today to model the love and unity the real Jesus commands me to model? What am I doing today to model the love and unity the real Jesus commands me to model? And the third one is mentor. There's a there's a thought that, well, I'm not spiritual enough to, to be a pastor or to help somebody else or to be a small group leader. Here's the thing. You don't have to be 20 steps above somebody or, or ahead of them. You just need to be one step. You just have to have lived one more chapter than they had and help them along. Uh, John, C., John C. Maxwell, he's a leadership guy. And he has a quote that I love. He says, there's no denying the influence one life has on the world. In fact, sociologists tell us that the shyest introvert will influence 10,000 people over the course of his or her lifetime. So whether you know it or not, people are already looking at you. So we need to make sure that we bring somebody along. So the first two mimic and model. This I think of, this is like Apostle Paul. So Apostle Paul went through this process where he learned about Jesus. He got to know Jesus and then he lived it out. Other people were able to notice that he had been with Jesus. But Apostle Paul also felt it was important that he bring along a Timothy, that he get somebody with him that he can pour his life into, that he can speak into, that he can encourage and that he can build up. So mentoring is important. And here's a question for that. What am I doing today to help at least one other man mimic and model the real Jesus today? When we are one with God first, then others, we rule as we should with our sisters and brothers. Let me tell you something, guys. This is important. And amongst all the the headlines that you see in the turmoil and the, the seeming impossibilities. Let me tell you something. God put you here for a reason. He wanted you. I think about it like sports. He wanted you on, on the court, on the field for this time. 
So you may be asking yourself, do I have what's, what's in me in order to get where we need to go? Absolutely. God put it in you. He designed you for this season. You may feel like I can't bear up under the weight of this. No, no, no. You can bear up under the weight of this with Jesus. Give it all to Jesus. It says, cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. And we're not just talking about like he emotionally cares, which he does. But he's saying he gets in it with you. Uh, King David said this. He says, if I make my bed in hell, you are there. So even if you're in a situation right now in business or in your marriage or in your family or in your life that you put yourself into, I want to tell you today that God's in it with you. And he's not in it with you just to wallow in it. He's in it with you to pull you up, to pull you out. Can I get an amen? Amen. So this is, this is important. Brotherhood is important. As I stated, you don't have to be, you don't have to attend this church in order to be part of this. Us getting together is what's going to change the city. I was, um, I was praying, I was heading to a meeting and I was praying and asking God, okay, what do you, what do you want me to say um, in this meeting? What do, you want, what do you want me to talk about? And he showed me this image. He, the Holy Spirit kept saying, peace, peace, peace. It was just one word. And I'm, I'm like, okay, God, I, I don't understand. And this is what he showed me. He said, uh, he said, have you ever seen a rubber band? And he showed me a picture of a rubber band. You know how it stretches over your index and your thumb. And he said, have you ever tried to force a rubber band out of position? He said, what happens when you let it go? It goes right back into the same position that it was in and it's seemingly no change. And what I believe he was showing me is that if we try to force the world into our way of doing things, if we try to force the world into our opinion, then once we relieve that pressure, it's going to go back just like it was. But when we do as Jesus said, when we are one with one another, then that is proof that God sent us. And that is the power that's going to shift minds. That's going to shift thoughts. If you look at the, uh, the first century Christians, it was their unity that people were amazed by. They had never seen a community like that. There are so many places, not just in Tulsa, but in America, where you don't get guys, this many men in a room that are looking to do good, that are looking to have better for themselves, that are looking to have better for their businesses and their families. This is a unique thing. Let's take advantage of this window. Let's engage. Let's uh, make contact with somebody at our table. This is what God wants us to do. And through our unity, God is going to do something exponential. He's going to do something greater than we could ever do ourselves. Amen? All right, so three things. Uh, mimic, model, and mentor. And if you look on your table, there's a card and if you flip that card over, it gives you some reminders. I want you to carry that with you and put it somewhere. And just through, throughout the day, just ask yourself those three questions. It is so, 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 so crucially important that in this moment, what people see from us is, is not a great, uh, a great social media meme game, but that they see that we are one with God 
and that we are one with one another. That's what's going to be transformational. Amen. And uh, let's pray. Father God, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We give you honor. We love you. And we ask that you give us the heart and the desire to be one. Give us the heart and desire to be one in Christ with those who we don't necessarily agree with with those that, that, that make us a bit uncomfortable, Lord. For, for we know that you, Jesus, were the expert at bringing opposing groups together. You had a, a tax collector who was charging people all kinds of exorbitant amounts, sitting with uh, a business owner and Peter, who was getting charged those exorbitant amounts. You, you, you put two together that seemingly don't fit. You are the only one that makes the lion and the lamb sit together. And we need that peace. We need that peace in our communities. We need that peace. We need that peace in our city. We need that peace in our homes, in our businesses. We need your wisdom. We need your peace. Give us the desire to be one to give all glory to you, to give all honor to you. And we just appreciate the opportunity to sit back and watch what you're going to do. As we as men join together what you're going to do through our lives as we mimic, as we model, and as we mentor and follow your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now, if you do not know Jesus... I'm telling you, the more you know him, the more you love him. We, what I found is that the Jesus that, that I have now, I've been looking for the whole time. When I thought I was looking for fame or looking for acknowledgement or my insecurity says, shine, you'll never be seen. All of that was in Jesus. If you do not know Jesus, we want you to make that decision this morning. Um, what I'm going to do. Is something probably stirring in you? I'm going to ask everybody to, to bow their heads. Nobody will be looking at you. I, I just want to pray this prayer. For anyone that does not know Jesus, just repeat it with me under your breath. And I believe he's going to do something mighty in your heart. And, and we're all going to repeat it with you. Father God, we thank you for sending your son Jesus. We believe that he came to earth as king, he rose from the dead as king, and he lives to help us out. We know that we're not perfect, but we give all of us, all of our imperfections to you. And we ask you to run our lives in a greater way than we could ever do ourselves. We submit to Jesus right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Somebody clap for him. Hey, if you made that decision this morning, let somebody know at your table. We are excited for you. But here's the thing. It's a journey. It's a journey. This is, this is just the beginning. This is not where it ends. And we want to help you through that journey. So if you text the word next, text the word next to 23101, what's going to happen is someone's going to contact you. We want to hear your story. Tell them that you made a decision for Jesus. 
And we're going to help you figure out what's the next step on your journey for you to fully get to Jesus and for you to have everything that God wants you to have. So that's my time. I love you all. Brothers, thank you for being here. Come on, somebody shout for Jesus. This is a good thing, and we get to do it together. Thank you, Johnny.